Hello and welcome to another episode of The Walking Bucket. It's a big time in the NBA. It's a fun time in the NBA where we get to talk a lot of rumors, a lot about a lot of stuff that's never going to happen. We get to use the trade machine for the last time for many months. So with that, we'll get right to our special trade deadline edition. And I'm here with Ezra. How are you doing, Ezra? I'm doing well. I struggled to focus at work today. It's, uh, it was one of the few days that I could hardly pay attention because I'm just trying not to look at my phone to see if a trade has been made, especially with my team. The top of the at the top of the headlines at coming towards the trade deadline. It's been it's been a rough day and week for me and my team, but I'm excited. We've had some pretty crazy trades already, and we're not even the day before the trade deadline so it's it's been an exciting one um and totally against my prediction of it being a quiet trade deadline yeah you have to hope expect the unexpected but when you hope for a disappointment you can't be disappointed so right. we can only go up from there and i think you might have been in a meeting during the cj trade and i was in a meeting during the sabonis or halliburton trade whichever whoever the headliners there it's always nerve-wracking when you're going to turn over your phone and then whoa yeah. oh there <laughs> all right so let's dive right into it i think there's three major trades we want to just quickly run through so we had the lavert one earlier this week cj mm-hmm. and then the king's pacers one so why don't we just start with lavert any grades or initial reactions for the the Pacers and the Cavs there? Yeah, so for listeners that don't know the exact deal, we had Karis LeVert from the Pacers to the Cavs for Ricky Rubio, his expiring contract, a first-round pick and two second-round picks. Um, I love the fit for LeVert on the Cavs. I've always been a LeVert guy. He's he's a bit of a streaky player. Um, When he finds his groove, though, he's really tough to guard. Um, I think he he fits well with – the Cavs, especially this year, they don't have Sexton being ball dominant. Um, and he can fit right into that offense, provide a scoring spark for them. They often played with three big lineups, but now with LeVert, they can go with a couple different angles. Uh, they really didn't give up too much. Obviously, they gave up a first-round pick, but um, I like it a lot for the Cavs. On the, the Pacers' end, I, they're clearly – I don't know if tanking is the right word, but they're trying to create cap space and become flexible in the future. Um, Got a first round, two second rounders for him. I doubt Rubio stays there. And we obviously saw them make another big trade today, which I, I really like for them. So it'd be interesting to see if they make any other moves, but like the trade more for the Cavs than I do for the Pacers. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I went even. I said, like, if I were to give a grade, I'll go with A minus for both. I think the reason why I'm not a home run for the Cavs is I kind of wish they packaged picks to get Eric Gordon instead who knows if that was really available but I think that Karras will be really good for them they need bench scoring they need a guy who can drive the ball a wing player I was this is one of those that I was predicting as a fit right when the the Pacers said they were going to trade him and I think that with Karras we've seen in the past that he's really good when he's the only ball handler like when he was the main guy on that Nets team, he was putting up crazy numbers when he had to play with 
Katie and Kyrie, it was like, this is a little weird. And then when he had mm-hmm. to play with Sabonis and Brogdon, his efficiency was odd, but the Cavs don't need him to be efficient. They just need someone who maybe in the bench unit or when Garland's out, who can just go crazy and he'll be perfect there. And it's important to note that one of the second round picks that the Pacers got is from the Rockets this year. So they essentially have two late firsts, which they can maybe package to move up or it's not a bad second round pick. Right. Also, when he was playing, Karras was playing with Dinwiddie on the Nets. He wasn't as efficient. So it's another, just another example of a, a time where he hasn't been at his best playing with another ball dominant guard. Speaking yep. of ball dominant guards and Dinwiddie, he he's a, someone to keep an eye on because he clearly has not been playing well and not appreciating his time down in your city. Yeah, I think that the the Beal injury means that we're about to get a lot of Wizards rumors, and they are probably going to blow it up there. Their GM has been relatively smart, I think. And so yeah. I expect Montrez and KCP to be in a lot of rumors and someone will trade for Dinwiddie, I think. I don't know if they they have a long-term deal so they're not forced to do it, but it'll really depend what they see with Beal in the in the summer. Let's go to the the CJ trade. What are if you have the the exacts there for the listeners and then tell me yeah. your thoughts. Definitely. So we had CJ McCollum and sorry, I'm just, I'm just finding it. Uh, CJ McCollum, Larry Nance and Tony Snell to Pelicans for Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker, Thomas Sadaransky, a protected 2022 first round pick and multiple second round picks. I'm not sure if you know whose first round pick that is in 2022. It might be the Bucks I was thinking earlier or the Lakers maybe. Um, I have no idea off the top of my head. could be significant. I'm not sure whose pick it is. However, I like the pick, or I like I like the trade, rather, for New Orleans. Um, I think it means that they believe that Zion's coming back this year. Um, they got Larry Nance uh, as well, who can provide some big action for them. Jackson Hayes, it really hasn't panned out to what they thought I'd assume if they're going after Larry Nance um their offense is going to be pretty tough to guard when they have Zion CJ and Brandon Ingram on the floor it'll be tough I just I think they got to get some other defensive pieces in there for it to really work out but clearly they're trying to make a push for the play-in at least this year and then hopefully the playoffs in years to come but I like the trade for the Pelicans yep I I agree I think it's I was at first nervous. Like I wasn't really sure what the problem is, is that they're still not a championship team. Luckily, a lot of the teams in front of them right now, I think they're tied with the Blazers. The Blazers are clearly trying to lose. So, and who knows what's going on with Sacramento. So they'll definitely make the play in now. And I agree on the Zion front. I don't really know what direction Portland is going in. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, yeah, they still have an extra roster. They still have one too many players. So, who knows if they're just going to wave someone, but if they were just going to wave someone, then they could have done that already. So I have a feeling there's some other trade in the works. It's interesting because this is one of those trades that doesn't really change much in the grand scheme of the NBA, except it's still big names Mm -hmm. and it's a long time pairing, but good for new Orleans. I think these are just like swings you have to take, especially if you're new Orleans, you're not getting free agents. So might as well try it out. And then if it doesn't work, then I think now Zion's definitely taking the deal too because he mm-hmm. hasn't played enough games to risk that money. 
think he has to take that deal. Right. Um, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's fine. Good for Pelicans. I think you have to take the swing and we'll see. Uh, the Blazers are weird. They're in a weird yeah, spot. I, I question the return a bit for them. I mean, Nikhil Alexander Walker has promised not, hasn't really established himself. Uh, kind of needs a distributor next to him. And Sadoransky is interesting. I could see him getting flipped again for the deadline. Just another guy that's a fringe rotation player. Big buyout guy. Big buyout yeah. guy. And then right. and the thing that sucks for the Blazers is if you traded CJ five months ago, you, you're getting a lot more. And mm-hmm. you traded for – you gave up three first-round picks for Larry Nance and Robert Covington over, the, over time, mm-hmm. and you kind of got nothing really back for them. So – it's uh you try and that's why when you just try with fringe guys and you don't have the main pieces it usually doesn't work out which is i what i'm nervous the maps are doing anyways last one the biggest one with probably the most contention is uh sabonis and halliburton trade which i don't have the exact details up in front of me do you have it yeah i got all of them i got all of them. <laughs> um we have tyrese halliburton buddy healed and tristan thompson for Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and DeMontis Savonis, I think one second-round pick is also going to Sacramento. Um, you can give your thoughts first on this one. I came around to it a little bit more at first. I was like, this is an F for Sacramento. Now I'm more of like, this is a B- minus for them. And I think it's an A for the Pacers because they had to trade Sabonis. And if you have to trade Sabonis getting Halliburton is probably one of the best assets that you can get. And most teams would consider him an untradeable asset. I think the initial reaction was projecting what Halliburton could be. And he isn't yet. And Sabonis is a value asset, a fringe all-star at like 18 million a year. He's probably the only fringe all-star making 18 million a year. So I don't really understand the direction. I don't really understand the pieces they gave up, but it's not like they didn't get anything. I just think it was stupid and it was classic Sacramento. And I think on our last podcast, I said, I'm going to conduct a trade with under the assumption that Sacramento is going to do something stupid. This was not the trade I conjured up, but I just, I don't really understand why not giving up Fox or it was good to get off of the heel deal you're saving a little bit of money, but you're not in a position to save money and give up young assets like that. So I think the Pacers, great. That's the way better return than I thought. And Sacramento, once again, just a little head scratching. Agreed. I think from the Pacers perspective, that was the best they could have gotten. Like you said, for Sabonis, they cleared he, they, he wanted to leave. They are going to have to trade him anyway, and they got a great asset in return. That's basically like getting a high first-round pick. Hal Burton's been solid. I think people have overrated his game um, and hyped him up a bit more than he's actually performed, but still a solid player. Um, and obviously, he'll look to grow in the next couple of years. But I like it a ton for the Pacers. We'll see. Um, the reaction, uh, the initial yeah. reaction was – basically assuming that Halliburton was an ultimate lock to be an all NBA player. And there is no guarantee of that. Sabonis has made two all-stars and will never even sniff the all NBA. And Mm -hmm. he's a really good player. So I think that's sort of where you have to be more realistic, but when you're trading a guy like that, like that's 
more than the Rockets got for Harden at the end of the day. Right. 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 So it's uh, really great from the Pacers perspective. I think what I really want to go to next for trades that we can start to think of is more, you know, it'd be great for Minnesota fans if they do some trades with Boston or Portland, but I don't think those, like those aren't changing the course of the season. What we'll remember, unless it's absolutely terrible, but I think we should look at, are there any trades out there that you think could change the championship window or any guys on the move that are rumored that could change who impact major in the playoffs this year? Yeah. So aside from James Harden and Ben Simmons, because we can probably talk about that later if we do get to it. um, I would say Jeremy Grant's someone to keep an eye on. I don't know where he'll end up. There have been talks that the Lakers offered their classic offer of Kendrick Nunn, THT, and first, probably 2027 first, you know, the that good old Lakers package. But I could see him potentially going to the Blazers. I don't think that would be championship altering, but um, something that has been rumored. Also, I could see the Hawks maybe trying to go after him in some fashion. So he's a guy that could change a championship or – change a team to move or trend toward championship caliber, but I don't see him going to a straight contender right now. I have three, three options for you. And just if you were the GM, I don't really know if any of these have any chance of happening. Would you consider any of these from either side? Okay. So the first one is uh, the Suns. The Suns would give up Dario Saric, Cam Johnson, and Alfred Payton for salary for Jeremy Grant. You could throw in a pick in there. So you get Cam Johnson and like a first round pick essentially for, for Jeremy Grant. I think if you're the, the Pistons, you, you can, you consider it, but are, do the Suns want to do, is that too much for him? Yeah, I would say from the Suns perspective, I think he'd be a good fit. That might be a bit too much for him. Um, Pistons would probably take it. It's interesting. I, like if I'm the if I'm the Suns, like that's an all-in move, right? Right. The that I mean, yeah. all-in move. All-in move. Chris Paul has only so many years left. You got to get the most out of him. Obviously, he's still playing really well. Um, that's that's an interesting one. Uh, you don't hear. You haven't heard anything about the Suns in trade talks at all. So, who knows then, what that means? The next one I have is Derek Jones, Pat Williams, and whatever combo of picks. I, that's the Bulls if they. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, another all-in move. All-in move. And then the last one is, which I actually don't think, I don't know, is Kyle Anderson, Jarrett Culver, Brandon Clark in a pick for Jeremy Grant from that Memphis? One's a little, I feel like that's a little less valuable. It's a little less team. because, yeah. Okay. So those were the three that I was thinking of, that if he goes to Phoenix or Chicago, especially Phoenix, I think that could swing. That could yeah. Phoenix could swing, but... Definitely. Um, so the other guy I had on here is also a Phoenix thing that is not going to alter, but maybe more solidify their optionality in the playoffs. I would be curious to see if there's a Thad Young deal where it's Dario and Jalen Smith and maybe a second rounder or two. Mm-hmm. That was the, a rumor today, no? Yeah, because the Spurs have all the leverage. I think that could be really intriguing for the mm-hmm. Suns. That could be. That definitely could be. But anything else? I mean, the, 
I only I have one other guy, but I don't really think it's altering unless a contender gets him. So mm-hmm. um I think maybe Marcus Smart. Um, if somehow he gets to a championship team, I'm not sure how it would that would happen or if the Celtics would trade him to a contender. I think he's someone to keep an eye on, but not a definite that he has traded. And the Spurs are also teams to just keep an eye on with Derek White. Um, if they can get value for him, I could see him on the move as well. I did not consider Derek White. The guy I'm thinking is Eric Gordon. Mm. Could I think there could be a package where the the Bulls go for uh, Eric Gordon where mm. it's like Derek Jones in a first because they said mm. they want a first round pick for him and then you the other guys I have, no idea. Yeah, I, don't know. I have no idea but I think that other guys just to keep an eye on that could help bolster other championship teams I could also see this talks doing Danilo Gallinari and a mm. pick and maybe Jalen Johnson or something for Eric Gordon yep. because they're desperate right now but yep. other guys that I could see on the move that could help is Tory Craig is going to end up in the Eastern or Western conference finals somehow, some mm-hmm. way. I just see it happening. <laughs> I see that as well. I definitely see that. And I don't think miles Turner is on the list. I don't think anyone good enough is going to trade for him or he changes that much. Woj also reported today that he is seems happy. You know, he uses, language to dance around the fact that he'd be staying but i think i think miles turner will be staying put in indiana yeah i mean i don't know we'll have to see that makes sense especially with the injury so it it, i think the biggest trades have probably already occurred right for the most part yeah the other ones are going to be around the edge moves with for the contenders probably and then salary dumps so is there anything I know our big focus right now is Mavs nets. I know the nets are big in the news right now, but staying away from Harden and Simmons, is there anything, any rumors you're hearing, anything you'd like to see? Two guys I'd like to keep an eye on for the nets. Um, it all, I, I must say that not that this is bringing up Harden, but it kind of is. It depends what they get back. If Harden is traded to determine what they would do around the edges. But let's say the roster stays put. I would like a big man that's more available than Claxton on the team and potentially more shooting. Um, Two guys that I would keep an eye on. I don't know what the price tag is on either of these guys, but Marvin Bagley is one of them. Um, I don't know what his role would be in Sacramento with Sabonis there and also P.J. Washington, probably a little bit more expensive than – Marvin Bagley, but also a guy that I would like to see on the Nets. Um, and shooting wise, I'm not really, not really too sure. I, what I, I can imagine. Sorry. You, no, I was going to say similar with the Kings. Are you only interested in Bagley? No, Rashawn Holmes. Of course, I'd like Rashawn Holmes, but I don't think that's viable for the Nets. Okay, um, he makes less than Bagley. That's why I bring it up. So yeah. he could fit into the exception, but. Do you think he's more? Do you think he's more valuable than Bagley in, in the trade? I do. Okay. I do. Um, do you agree or no? No, I don't know. I just it's interesting because Bagley was only three years ago was a top five pick, so you mm. would think that he should have more valuable more value. But you never I, know. I mean, in, in the new in a new situation, he may be more valuable. I'm just thinking about, I guess, fit on the Nets. 
he's not going to all of a sudden come in and be like a extreme producer, top five pick player. Right. And show that, but you never know. So do you think if the Nets keep Harden, do you think that they make other moves to get shooting and they don't really have any picks to give up? Is there any world where you see them giving up Cam Thomas or you think he's staying? Like those assets are staying on the roster. So something I thought was interesting is I heard that they were shopping Joe Harris, um, which I would think is for a different shooter. I don't really know. I mean, if a team doesn't need a shooter that's on their team this year, Joe Harris may be out for the year. So that's potential guy to look at when trading. I could see them for a quality guy. I could see them trading Cam Thomas. Um, but I don't know. Uh, the, the Nets have minimal trade pieces like you just alluded to. They have Claxton, maybe Joe Harris. Bruce Brown is worth not much. Um and he can basically trade where or pick where he gets traded to because of his no trade cause. So not many pieces to work with, but I still trust Sean Marks. Right. I was thinking like if if they end up trading Miles Turner, which I guess they probably won't do, is that how Tory Craig ends up in the Eastern Conference Finals by you guys sending them Claxton and somehow you get Craig and some other crap from them? I would hope that Claxton is worth more than Tory Craig. <laughs> I'll just say that, but I could see Tory Craig ending up on the Nets somehow. Right. The only other thing is how somehow Millsap's getting off the team. We don't know how, but he's on a yep. minimum so they can waive him and it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I've seen the Lakers in talks somehow to get him. I don't really know how that would work or what they would want to give for a guy that could probably just sign off waivers. Um, they promised him that they would let him off the team about a month ago, and we haven't heard anything since then because no one probably wants it. Right. It was whatever, worth a shot. At When when you're at the stage that you're at, you need anyone that will just take them in and potentially help, and now he's not going to. He's He doesn't really play much, so he's replaceable, yep. which is fine. I think for the Mavs, from from my perspective, we also kind of need a year more to pass before our tr- our picks open back up because we traded three first round picks for Luca and Porzingis in a short period of time. But we kind of need to see what Tim Hardaway Jr. and picks can get us, and or Moses Brown in a couple seconds is something that we're more likely going to do. And it's for us, it's just finding disgruntled assets on disgruntled teams that are just blowing it up that we can somehow offload to. I think they're still going to wait for Drogic and they may lose their chance. He may somehow end up back in Miami or somewhere else, but we'll see if THJ and picks can get us Eric Gordon or which we won't because the Rockets will never trade with us, but that would have been nice. Miles Turner also would have been, I think just if we can get him for nothing, but I doubt we can, maybe we can get in on Spencer Dinwiddie, try it again as like another creator, but I don't really think we have anything to give them. And then I want Rashawn Holmes or just give, be the third team somewhere to take on something where we help somebody out and get some value, but we'll see. I don't really anticipate anything major other than a second and 
some end of the bench guy like we did last year for Redick. Right. They kind of have to decide now if they want to get value back for either Brunson or Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, if But there have been reports that they like both those guys and want to pay them. So, like you said, we'll see. I would, yeah, we'll see. The actions will talk more so than the reports. Yeah. The trades are fun. It's fun. I can't wait to delete this app off my phone. Spending a lot of time looking at the, the salary. But I was very happy because the app helped me to predict that it would be Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker today. Right, right. One thing I would say is that Sean Marks, in his five-year tenure as Nets general manager, has made one trade at the trade deadline, and that was to get Dante Cunningham for some picks. <laughs> uh, an expiring contract so uh, that tells you anything about sean mark's activity at the trade deadline that uh that tells a story right there all right well i think that pretty much covers it for the trade deadline special we'll be back soon next week and we'll have some some more things to recap see if anything we just threw out off our own gut Let's see how strong strong our guts are. You may have some good laughs next week. We'll say that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Talk soon.